Hey guys, we're live. Welcome back to the Teen Catalyst Podcast, where we help teens fulfill their God-given potential and create a life and career they love. Today, I'm talking with Nancy Pickard from Bigger, Better, uh, how is that? Bigger, Better, uh, Batter, I, I missed that, I messed that one up. Bigger, Better, Braver Life Coaching. And we're talking about beliefs that keep you stuck in life and how to move past those. Nancy is a certified and integrative life coach through the Ford Institute for Transformational Coaching and the Levin Life Coach Academy. She is certified as a coach of many flavors. Get this, a breakthrough shadow coach, empowered parent coach, courage coach, healing your heart coach, leadership coach, holistic life coach, and bigger, better, braver coaching. She's the author of the international bestseller, Bigger, Better, Braver, Conquer Your Fears, Embrace Your Courage, and Transform Your Life. Prior to her work as a coach, she owned and operated a personal gym, personal training gym. She knows what it takes to help people achieve big goals. She holds multiple personal training certifications and has focused on health and wellness for almost 20 years. Her path towards coaching was a natural evolution. She has a BS in psychology and an MS in education. In 2017, she traveled alone in Thailand and Vietnam and undertook her biggest challenge, climbing Mount Kilimanjaro. Talk about big goals earlier. And get this, at the age of 61, she was climbing Mount Kilimanjaro. I'm only 35, and I'm not sure I could do that. She coaches others to step out of fear and into a bigger version of themselves. That's her passion. She's the mother of two grown sons and an active grandmother to three beautiful granddaughters and a one-year-old grandson. She's an avid hiker, biker, skier, and yogi. And she is passionate about her four-year-old Australian labradoodle, Bliss. So with that... Nancy, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thank you very much. Boy, that was some bio. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Hey, you, <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's it's some amazing accomplishments in there. But before we jump into some of the uh, the topics that we were going to talk about, I like to do some stalking of of the guests that come onto the podcast and read some of their blogs and go through their Instagram and all of that. And you have a blog post called top 10 things I learned about living bigger, better, and braver. Tell me what is a bigger, better, braver life? A bigger, better, braver life is saying yes and just going for it. So it's stepping out of your comfort zone, taking fear by the hand, and just going for it. I think people think and kids think that you know, other people are braver than them, or they have to get into a fearless state to be able to do something. And that's not true. Nobody is fearless. Nobody, the people who are successful, they just take fear and go with it. They go anywhere. They use it to energize themselves. So that's what living bigger, better, braver is, is figuring out what it is you want to do and going for it. Yeah. One thing that I talk a lot about is purpose. And one of the things that you said you've learned about bigger, better, and braver is finding your purpose and using that as your superpower. How do you define purpose? I actually think that's a really, purpose is an interesting conversation because I also think it handicaps a lot of people. 
that they're like, oh my God, I don't have a purpose. I don't know what my purpose is. What am I going to do? Like I'm lost. So I don't, I don't, I, I find it, it's some people know exactly what they want to do. Other people don't. So if you don't know what your purpose is, what do you like to do? You know, what brings you joy? And just start doing more of that and then trying to see, well, okay, so now I, I see that this is something I love. How do I use this? How do I mm-hmm. clear out of this? How do I make a hobby of it? How do I just do more of what's already bringing me joy? So, I mean, I don't think I, I certainly didn't start out as a teenager or a young person thinking I was going to be a personal trainer or a life coach. These things evolved. And as I started to do things, I got more and more interested. And then as I did them, my passion grew. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, I think you can't, Passion is a mixed bag. Think I think a lot of people sabotage themselves because they just don't think they have one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a beautiful answer, and and it goes right along with how I define purpose. And like you said, people think it's some deep question that they are a deep quest that they have to go on a lifelong search for. But God gave us passions. He gave us interests. He gave us things that were naturally tended or skilled towards things that we enjoy doing. And how I define purpose is when we learn what those things are and use those to create an impact for other people to, to change someone else's life rather than them being focused inward because like a, like a pond that can, that grows stagnant if it has no outflow, we as humans tend to do that as well, unless we're using our natural gifts and talents and things that we enjoy doing in using that for other people. So that, that was a beautiful answer. I, I really, really like that. So some of the questions that you sent me to, to kind of focus the, the topic of conversation, you talk about a growth mindset. How do you, what is a growth mindset to you? And how can someone who has never thought of those things before, like you said, as a teenager, you, you didn't even think to think those things. How does someone start cultivating a growth mindset? So growth mindset means that the juice is in the journey. You're less Mm. concerned about the outcome and the success of what you're trying. You actually are trying something for the joy of trying something new. And you're not afraid of trying something new. You're not afraid of falling on your face. You don't care about how perfect it is. You just want to try new things. And so people who are afraid of what other people are going to think, people who are perfectionists, people think that they have to be perfect to try anything new, those people have a fixed mindset. Mm -hmm. And it makes their life very, very small because they'll only do the things that they already know they're going to be good at. Well, that's not anywhere as big as trying a million things and seeing what you do like and getting better at things as you go along. Mm-hmm. So you really want to have a growth mindset over a fixed mindset. And if you know you have a fixed mindset, you know you only like to do what you know already you can do well, that's how you step outside your comfort zone. You just try things and you don't really care if you're good at it or not. Yeah. You said something 
I want to pull on that thread a little bit. How how can we know if we have a fixed mindset? Because it seems like so often, you know, as coaches, we can easily identify when someone else is stuck. But it can be hard to turn that mirror and look on yourself and realize that you're stuck or or know that it is a mindset issue. How how can we recognize when we have a fixed mindset or a limited limiting beliefs? Well, limiting beliefs is a whole different conversation that I would love to get into because I think it's really important for teenagers, important for everybody. But the first part of that is just ask yourself, how willing are you to try a new sport? How willing are you to go out on a team not knowing you're not that good yet, right? Mm -hmm. How willing are you to take courses and things that are not what you already know how to do? So if you're saying no to a lot of invitations and a lot of things, you've got a fixed mindset. And if you do have a fixed mindset, you can change that. See, Mm -hmm. if you have the the disempowering belief from your childhood that sounds like um, I need to be perfect to be safe or I need to control everything to be safe or to be loved – those people are harder to move forward because you have this internal, the, the wounded child inside of you believes strongly that they need to do this to be safe. So it's harder right. for those people to move forward. It's not impossible. You have to uncover that, oh, yeah, I think I have that belief. And then you have to change that belief. So it's an empowering belief. I can do everything. I don't have to be good at everything, you know. My joy is going to be trying new things. Try something new every week. Try something new every month. Just start trying new things. And mm-hmm. that's actually build resiliency. Don't be afraid to fail. Fail, fall, fall often, and know that you're falling forward. Yes. Yep. You know, you're that's trying awesome. new things. You're falling forward. And when I try something new that I'm afraid to do, I know that the growth is on the other side, always. I know I'm going to be so proud of myself just for stepping in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I like what you said there. Fail often, fall often, but fall forward. Yeah. That's so key is when we tend to fall or fail, we're like, oh, well, I can't do that. I got to stop and try something else. I'm, I'm no good at that. But I always say it's not a failure if you learn something from it. Right. No, not a failure. It's a lesson. No, it's a lesson. And so you always have to look at your lessons. Always look for the gifts and always look for the lessons. Mm-hmm. And then pick yourself back up and move forward. So falling is just to give you a lesson. That's all. Yeah. So one of the things in your bio says a breakthrough shadow coach. What are shadow beliefs? And I guess, how do they hold us back? I've never heard that term before. So oh, really? through that. Um, so a shadow belief, your shadow beliefs are beliefs that are formed in the first 10 years of your life. Something happens, you're not emotionally, um, you just don't have the emotional growth to understand what happened. And you give it a meaning. It doesn't even hit your conscious mind. It goes directly to your unconscious mind. For example, you're six or seven years old and you stand up in class and you're asked to read something and you read something and you say it wrong 
and everyone in the class laughs at you? Will you instantly make a decision? I'm stupid. I'm broken. I'm not good enough. I need to stay quiet so no one will know. Hmm. You don't even know you did that. But then you go through your life and you never share your opinion. You don't raise your hand in class. Then you get into your the corporate world, let's say, and you're in a meeting and everyone's sharing their ideas. You say nothing. And then people think you don't even have any good ideas because if you did, you'd be sharing them. But it's not really true because you're being, your, your whole operating system is on this belief that you're not good enough or you have to be quiet to be safe. So no one knows. So that's yeah, one so example. There's a million is, of is, them. Is that something that holds most people back and they don't even realize it? Everybody's held back by their shadow beliefs and their shadow beliefs are anything from I'm unworthy. I'm, I'm unlovable. My voice doesn't matter. My needs don't matter. My opinions don't matter. And they're all very disempowering beliefs that you don't know you have. And you have to, if, if you're stuck, if you feel stuck, if you feel like you're playing small, you need to uncover what that belief is so that you can actually give yourself a new empowering belief instead of that old outdated one. Because see, those shadow beliefs, they did keep you safe. As mm-hmm. a child, they keep you safe. They keep you small. They keep you, you know, not not yelling out in class or not running in the street or not, you know, you've got an abusive parent. You learn not to speak up. You learn not how you, you walk on eggshells. You learn all of those adaptable um, things to do to keep you safe. But as an adult, they stop keeping you safe and they keep you small. Mm -hmm. Is, is it, necessary to identify the cause of those shadow beliefs to move forward or, or what's the, how does someone move forward with that, with those shadow beliefs and overcoming that? Well, the best way is to get a coach because I, that's what we do. We help you uncover them. If you buy my book, honestly, I have all these exercises in there that will help them do that as well. But you don't you don't really have to know where it came from because a lot of them didn't come from one specific thing but it came from like how your your family of origin or your religious leaders or your you know your community the the what you heard and what you made it mean so it's not always a one and done and a lot of it it doesn't matter if you grew up in like a loving, wonderful family, or you grew up in a really crappy, mean, you know, dysfunctional family. We all have shadow beliefs. Some wounds are deeper than others. Some beliefs are are deeper than others. Some people need more help identifying them, but Mm -hmm. identifying them is really what you want to try to do. Yeah, for sure. So you talk about letting go of resistance and moving to surrender. What does that mean to you? And how how does somebody do that? So resistance is being is fighting what is, you know, it's fighting. You didn't you, you're not in 
the group of friends you want to be, or you didn't get picked on the team, or you didn't get to go on a trip, or you don't have what your other friends have, and you're fighting it. You're like, you're banging your head against it. Surrender is you're saying, okay, I didn't make the team. This is where I am. What can I do differently? Mm -hmm. Surrender allows you to stop fighting what is so that you can creatively start to figure out what you can do next. Right. When you're in resistance, you're fighting it and you can't even think about what else you can do. You're just so mad. This is unfair. This is not right. I can't, you know, you, you just, you're, you're like, it's like salmon going up the flow instead of just going with the flow. That's, <laughs> yep. that's the difference between resistance and surrender. It's not quitting. It's just accepting. This is where I am in this moment. So now what can I do? Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. That's, it's, it's awesome how when you, when you do stop fighting that and just start questioning why and how and, you know, what, what can I do? How can I change what I'm doing? Make, make so that my actions, you know, lead to maybe a different outcome. Look at what it is that I'm actually trying to accomplish with this goal. Like you mentioned with the team, why do I want to be on the team? Okay. Is there another route that I can do? Maybe I can be the, the ball boy or the bat boy or something and eventually make the team and, and become a player like I, like I want to. There's, there's so many different routes. That we better, you know, exactly. Sometimes a no is just a no right now. Mm-hmm. So what do I need to do to make it a yes? Yep. You know, if you're in resistance, you're just so mad and angry and you're stuck there. Somebody breaks up with you and you can't move forward and you're so mad and you're so angry. If you just accept it, okay, what did I learn from that relationship? What did I like about that relationship that I want to take into my next relationship? And what don't, what don't I want? Mm-hmm. When you can stop worrying about like, oh my God, I can't believe that person just broke up with me. When you just accept, okay, that happened and really know that things happen for the, for the good of you. You can't always see the good of you. You can't always see the end game. But rejection is really protection. Something else is meant for you and you, you're not going to see it as long as you stay in resistance. Yeah. One of the things that you mentioned, you said that you learned about bigger, better, braver life. You said it's your decisions and not your situations that define you. That's yeah, it's, it's the uh, the observer versus reactor, the yin and yang, for lack of a better term. How what does it mean or how do you become the observer and not the reactor. What's what's the key there? Well, it takes work. I'm going to tell you right now. <laughs> um, and it takes a little maturity. But basically, the reactor just shoots from their wounded child. Somebody mm. says something or does something or disrespects you or angers you. And you just shoot out an answer. You know, you write a mean email or a text or you talk bad dirt about them to other people. That's your wounded child. The observer gets to stop and observe, wow, what just triggered me? 
Why am I so upset? What just got me so upset about that? Um, How else can I look at this? Why am I making this all about me? Maybe the person's having a bad day. Maybe something happened to them. You start to get curious before you give an answer. And this dissipates some of the emotion around it. It also gives you other ways to look at it. Oh, gee, you know what? They might just be having a bad day. It might not even be about me. And I just saved myself (laughs) from like really going off on them. Yeah. And then instead of reacting, you respond. So your response is more from like the conscious adult mind instead of the wounded child mind. And the first thing to do is just pause. Don't say anything. And then start asking yourself some questions because this is a co-creation. What, what's my side of this? What did I do? You know, what can, how can I see this differently? How can I not make this about me? How can I respond in a way that's not going to escalate things? These are all questions. Yeah. Is, is the key to some of that boundaries on, on, you know, allowing someone else to have the power over you to hurt you? What, where do boundaries play a part in all of that? Boundaries are the delineation between where one person starts and the other person ends. And it's what you will and will not tolerate, even with yourself or with other people. So like a boundary for me could be, I'm going to exercise every day. And I never, I never don't do that. That's, Actually, as a trainer, that's, you know, that is something that I love to do. So um, Mm -hmm. a boundary could be I'm going to turn off my phone at nine o'clock at night and I'm going to stop, you know, checking social media. Those are boundaries. Um, A boundary, if you want to set a boundary with somebody else, it's about what you will no longer tolerate. Hey, I'm sorry, but if you speak to me in that voice, I'm not going to respond. I'm going to walk away. And I'll come back, but I'm no longer available to be talked to that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's healthy boundaries. Boundary. That's setting yeah. a boundary. How how does somebody go about setting those healthy boundaries? Because often it, it's a creep getting to that place. Like people don't start out in that kind of a relationship, in that unhealthy setting. It, it so often creeps in slowly and then suddenly you realize that you've gotten there. How do you, once you realize that, how do you set a healthy boundary and then enact it and enforce it and stick to it? So there are all kinds of boundaries. You know, there's little boundaries, the cherry on top boundaries, and there's them like, you know, I have to have this boundary. And so that all boundaries are not created equally. So a lot of times you might be in a family situation where like you have no privacy or, you know, people use your things without asking. Those are things that you can set boundaries around. Mm-hmm. And you do it with a boundary script. You make it about me. I feel, I feel disrespected. I feel used. I feel angry. I feel um Whatever. I mean, your emotions are your own. When you do this, I feel really disrespected when you go in my room and take my clothes without asking. Would you be willing to ask 
before you take something. Now, that's an easy boundary. Mm-hmm. If they don't do it, then you have to have a plan B. So to, to honor and respect myself, I'm locking my door. That's your next step. You know, um, in honor to, to respect myself, you are no longer allowed to wear any of my clothes. So setting a boundary, you make it about you because that like takes the pressure off the other person thinking they're, you know, immediately like they don't get their their backup thinking that you they're wrong. Right. How are you? I feel really sad when you talk to me that way. Would you be willing to not talk to me that way? And you have to be brave enough to follow through because nobody can cross your boundary but you. So if you don't follow, if somebody doesn't do what you say, then you have to follow through with an action. And if you don't follow through with an action, you've just crossed your own boundary. Does that, that make makes sense? sense? Makes perfect sense. It really yeah. does. But Something it's not that- easy. I just want to say one more thing. I'm sorry for Yeah, go ahead. But there's short-term discomfort of getting that out of your mouth. There's so much fear around getting that out of your mouth and speaking up for yourself. But other, your only choice is to, to have long-term discomfort of not setting the boundary and just going on and on and on forever with that happening to you and not respecting yourself. So setting healthy boundaries is about having respect for yourself. If you let some guy walk all over you or some girl walk all over you, you have no boundaries. You have leaked mm-hmm. And that's going to take away from your own self-respect and your own self-confidence. Setting a boundary and maintaining it is basically saying, my needs matter. I right. matter. Yep. Yeah. So what else, what, what would you say if someone were only to take one thing away from what you've had to say today, what would be the number one step they could take to overcome the beliefs that, that keep them stuck and not moving forward in life? Try to identify what your fear is. Okay. Because underneath those disempowering beliefs is, is the fear. Like they go together. Or there's the fear, and under the fear is the disempowering belief that if you do something like that, you won't be safe. So number one, just get quiet enough to try to figure out what your own negative voice is saying, right? Just because you have a thought doesn't make the thought true. Mm -hmm. You have to be able to move with the fear outside your comfort zone and go forward anyway. So if you're feeling stuck, or you think everyone else is brighter than you or faster than you or smarter than you or prettier than you. It's not true. And it's your own lens that you're seeing yourself. It's your own really um, negative self-talk, which we all have that you're seeing. So just try to figure out what the voice inside your head is saying and then move forward. Gotcha. Very good. That's, that's beautiful. I got to ask, changing the subject a bit, what did it feel like climbing Mount Kilimanjaro? I loved it. I rocked it. You know, I'm a personal trainer. I also live in altitude. So I overtrained. I was really ready. And it was a very amazing spiritual 
experience for me. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. That's that's amazing. One question before we go. I'm doing a series on the podcast called 101 Keys to Winning at Life. Mm-hmm. And winning, you know, that's so it's a very um, subjective to who is talking about what it means to win at life. Mm-hmm. What would you say is your number one key to winning at life? What does that mean to you? I'm very willing to step forward with fear to get to the other side. I, it's, I do it with everything. If, if, if I think I can't, I know I must. Hmm. That's amazing. I like it. Thanks. Any last words before we, before we end the conversation? Um, no, I just think, you know, it's interesting. I don't normally talk about with teenagers, but it's such if you can get this stuff now, <laughs> oh my God, your whole life will, you'll rock your whole life. Yes. You can understand now not to give into your fears, to have compassion for them, but move forward, not to make things seem like one bad thing is going to ruin your life because it's just a bad day. It's not a bad life. These are really important concepts to get a handle on. Yep. That's awesome. I've got all your links that I'll drop in the show notes where people can connect with you. Um, yeah, I do free discovery calls and, um, you know, I work with 20 year olds. I haven't really worked with teens, but I think it would be like amazing to do it because it yeah. will rock your life. Yep. All right. Uh, thank you so much for joining me today. Have a great day. Yes, ma'am. You too. Bye. All right, guys, I hope you enjoyed that conversation. Uh, Go follow Nancy on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, all the different places. Check out her blog. She's got some really interesting articles. And check out the book. I'll have a link to that in the show notes where you can go check out the book. There's also an Audible link, so you can listen to it if you prefer listening over reading. Definitely go connect with her and do good work. Mm -hmm.